left town with my heart. Building and Greg over here holding it down for Workers Voice Radio. Just How you, you are listening to WHIV 102.3 FM. Uh, you can also check out our website, whivfm.org. Um, I am not Mark Allendary, and we also have in the two seats uh, across from me, not Mark Allendary. Uh, today we have Jeff from Good Morning Comrade. We also have... Scott. We have Scott, and we also have... Aaron. We have Aaron. So... Um, I'll talk about what's going on in just a second. Uh, just to do this quick read. Um, so, uh, 102.3 WHIVLP is committed to community radio dedicated to human rights and social justice issues, and we are driven by volunteers. WHIV stands for We Honor Independent Voices, and we seek to provide a platform for people to discuss issues affecting our diverse community. We are committed to giving a voice to underrepresented populations in New Orleans to foster a a culture of social, economic, environmental, and racial justice. We could not do it without your help. Throughout the months of September and October, we are asking you, our dedicated listeners and community partners, to become members of the station via a recurring monthly donation. No donation is too little or too small, but a suggested monthly donation is $10. The cost of a drink at your neighborhood bar. Become a member today and help us reach our goal of 200 new members to the WHIV family. Go to whivfm.org support for more information on how to become a member. Also, on October 5th, WHIV will be hosting a party to celebrate at uh, the midpoint of our membership drive. All are welcome to join us at 2762 Orleans Avenue between 1 and 6 p.m. to enjoy food, drinks, music, and meet our DJs and show hosts. Thank you for supporting New Orleans' only voice of dissent, WHIV. We are not a radio station with a mission. We are a mission with a radio station. End all wars. So, uh, so, like I said before, we have Jeff, we have Scott, and we have Aaron, and we usually are on the show Good Morning Comrade, which comes on Tuesdays at 8 a.m., so set your alarm clocks and listen tomorrow. Uh, you can also check us out on the website, uh, goodmorningcomrade.com. Um, so, um, Mark Allen, so, so essentially the usual um, show in this time is NOLA Matters, uh, Healthcare Human Right, and we're just going to go with that name for now. Um, so, anyway, how y'all doing, folks? You're a little nervous. We normally tweet ahead of time, so if I say something really stupid, we could just cut it out in editing. And guess yeah. what? Um, I forgot to turn your mic on. So <laughs> I guess I didn't even have to be nervous because I wasn't even recording. Well, now you are. So now I'm extra nervous because there's a light on and everything. There is a light, and so anyway, uh, Scott, what's up? Not enjoying Labor Day, not going to work. Yeah, I, I laid around on someone else's couch all day. It was great. Nice Labor Day. Ah, uh, Labor Day. Thank you, Labor Movement, for all weekends, especially three-day weekends. Yeah. I know. So, um, yeah, I guess we could talk a little bit about Labor Day. What does Labor Day mean? What is Labor Day about? What, what does it, it mean to y'all? What do, uh, what do you think when you think Labor Day? It used to mean when school started, but 
Apparently, that was when like the Beatles were at the top of the charts. Not here, yeah. definitely not here, because it's always super. It's always we always go back now in the beginning of August for school. I got a I got a camera ticket. Like August today, four, not today, but like August fourteenth, and I was like, "What do you mean schools are back in session? Yeah. What is yeah? What is happening?" So, is that not the, the case in other places? No, well, I mean, I don't know now, but when I was in school, it was definitely. We used to go back the Friday. We had a half day the Friday before Labor Day. That's wild. Yeah, and then we would like full week. Like, no, first time back. Like, was it the first half or the second half? Like, did they make you come in early? Oh yeah. That is garbage. Yeah. Now we've been back since we've been back since um, probably like the second week of August is when we uh, had to start reporting back and like we, we we start showing up on Monday and then the kids are there Thursday. They so just, they just blow the teacher horn and y'all have to come back. Uh, I mean by a mass email. Oh. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, a mass email. So anyway. Um, yeah, so Labor Day, that is sort of, uh, a lot of people talk about um, Labor Day in the sense that, um, especially on people on the left, uh, they, they say that this Labor Day is sort of like a reason to not celebrate May Day, which for those of you who don't know, May Day is sort of is the international workers holiday. Uh, it's, it was originally sort of brought in when there was a, you know, Haymarket, um, Haymarket Square event where there was, a, you know, allegedly bombing um, and police sort of, you know, did a large massacre of the crowd. Um, and that is something that celebrated. Um, that was in Chicago. Uh, anyway, that's something that's celebrated uh, in uh, everywhere else in the world except for the United States. Yeah, that sounds about right. And um, I kind of, people sort of bristle with the fact that this is called Labor Day. And um, I'm sort of like, why not make that, why not have two? Yeah. Why not have two Labor Days? Hey, we should just have them quarterly. Why not have uh, every day be Labor Day? Dream. Once a month. Every day is Labor Day. Yeah. So in the world where where workers uh, run everything, every day is Labor Day. I just have like once a month. Tell your boss to shove it day. I'm down. Yeah, <laughs> I'm 100 percent down for that. No, so I'm pretty new to the. I've always had pretty leftist thinking, but I'm pretty new to the actual organized movement, like leftist movement. So I'm not. I actually don't know a ton about. Like, the history of the labor movement in this country, I don't know a lot about the terminology. Like, I don't even really... So, I, I don't know. Y'all are both pretty pretty in it to win it. Can you... What, what should I know as somebody who doesn't really know a ton about labor? Like, I know, you know, it's specifically... I, I know a, everything I know I learned from Upton Sinclair's book about the meatpacking. Oh, district. the jungle. So, I, I know nothing after that. I know somebody in the, the class ahead of me read, read that, and I was like, I'm not reading that. Like, I'm not reading about it was rough. The, the gross stuff they put inside. It was pretty rough. <laughs> well, the way that, that uh, Yorgos, the main character, was treated. So, um, so Upton Sinclair was an, uh, a socialist and author from the early, um, the early 20th century. Uh, that's sort of like when his late, late eight, no, 19th, early 20th century. And uh, he wrote this book, amongst other things, too. This is the most, but, but this one's by far the most famous, uh, which is The Jungle, which goes through the. Um, story of a uh, an immigrant uh, worker from I can't even remember where it was from somewhere in uh, Eastern Europe I think yeah and he he came to the uh, came to the New York and Chicago I believe it was 
and he ended up, you know, working on the job in horrible conditions. Yeah. You know, he's he's basically cleaning up this meatpacking facility. Uh, he ends up, I think, cutting and injuring one of his hands, uh, and it was just this incredibly, you know, disgusting and uh, accurate. Potentially, I, I mean, he. Sinclair has said that he wrote the the book to say to intentionally be provocative, but that does not mean that it's not true. The things that he wrote in the book, uh, but essentially his his idea was to you know agitate folks to 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 workers to organize and to act in their in a collective interests. I mean, I think he also wrote that book that like went on to be uh, there will be blood, which is about like oil. Like the name of the book is oil with like an exclamation point, so it's just oil. <laughs> but like it's all about like just like. This, uh, like, amoral capitalist who, like, he, like, a worker dies and he just, like, adopts his son somehow. It's like ultimately Upton Sinclair is, like, old-time meme. Hey, he, the original memes, the original memes were books. That's, like, really where I've learned all of my leftist <laughs> stuff nowadays. I see a funny meme mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, I should research that so I understand the context. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, learned a new mm-hmm. thing that yeah. I had no idea about. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, there were... Um, hold on one second. So, um, uh, so, okay, really quickly, Mark Allen is texting me and asking me if our signal is up and working. So if you can hear my voice right now, please, please, uh, and you, and you have my number, please text me and let us know if we're, we're on the air, but we're going to keep trucking on, uh, keeping, you know, keeping the radio show movement, but you are listening to 102.3 WHIV LP New Orleans, uh, your only station for human rights and social justice. You can check out the website, uh, whivfm.org, and hopefully you can hear us on whiv.org slash listen. Um, so anyway, uh, we, we, it's Labor Day. There uh, is the, uh, today actually was the uh, AFL-CIO's uh, picnic as well. I've been to that in the past. They usually... Um, that is sort of the already organized and established labor uh, that's uh, taking place. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to go today, but uh, has anyone ever been to the picnic? I haven't. Oh, uh, no, I'm not. What kind of, so when you say labor, like what type of labor does it encom- like encompass? Anyone who has a job or is it so specifically? The, 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 the way that it's sort of organized right now is that the Great New Orleans AFL-CIO, which is the um, local of the national, uh, basically the, the AFL-CIO is a confederation of um, over 50 labor unions. Um, so, for example, my uh, union, uh, Jefferson Federation of Teachers, is a member organization mm-hmm. of the AFL-CIO um, in Greater New Orleans, and nationally, the American Federation of Teachers is uh, is a member of that, organ- that federation, rather, as well. Um, there, So, like I mentioned, there's... there's um, you know the building trades. The um, you know the carp. Well, the carpenters are actually not a member of the. They have their own, right? The, so they're not, they're they're not in part of the federation. But but essentially, the International Brotherhood of well, Electrical Workers, the um, IUPAT, the painters and glazers locally, and many 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 others. Yeah, but do you uh, all work together, Lee. Uh, the American Federation of Government Employees. Yeah. So essentially, it's it's where all the labor unions come together to you know collectivize power. Um, and you know, govern in the interest of all of all folks at its best. Um, it's viewed um, it's viewed by some folks on the left uh, as sort of a conservative uh, organization. I kind of think that there's not enough credit being given by sort of both sides in this thing. Not to be like 
or both sides do it or whatever. But essentially, there's a very clear like like divide between labor and left uh, right now, uh, or whether it's existed for about you know since the Cold War, um, which I don't really want to get into the specifics of that. Um, but but I've never actually been part of a union before. You've I've never? never. I've never had a union job ever. I was for a couple of weeks. So. Right? So you work as a social worker. Yeah, we don't have I don't want to ask you. Yeah, I don't want to like tell I you. I want this. a union. Yeah, so I'm <laughs> We curious, need a union. Yeah, I can probably talk to you a little bit off air about sort of like what the process would be if you don't want to, you know, disclose the actual <laughs> the actual place oh, that you yeah, work of, for. Yeah, no, I'd But not. um but we could probably talk about like so if you can the first thing you would sort of have to do in order in the sort of steps to uh, organizing your workplaces, find out, you know, what your bargaining unit would be, what would, you, you know, if you're a city worker, um, that would be sort of different than if you have like a privately owned, um, you know, company or if you're contracted out, um, sort of like as a, if, if sort of, if, if the shop that you work at is a contracted office that works for someone else, that would be different than if you're part of like a city hall mm-hmm. and if you work directly for city hall. So essentially whoever pay, like like pays you, is your employer unless you're you know independent contractor which is different but anyway um defining what your um sort of shop is and what your shop sort of looks like would be the first step towards doing that and then you would sort of get people to um organize around signing a union card um and doing this potentially without you know tipping the boss off to what you're doing um, well, it's super interesting. I did because I've been, you know, I've just been curious about why social workers don't have a union in general. Because I know a lot of nurses have unions, and mm. it's not specific to each hospital. It's like the nurses' union, and mm. same with a lot of teachers. Like it's to a district or even statewide. So, mm. and, and what I've been able to find out, I've talked to a lot of other social workers, and so we are under there's a kind of a, a professional board called the uh, National Association of Social Workers, and mm. everyone's told me, oh, that's supposed to function essentially as a union but it doesn't and so it's this i think it's this really interesting like it's it's kind of indicative of like what is going on right now with labor and because like my job is essentially it is labor it's emotional labor but it is labor and totally it's labor there's a lot of people like the a lot of the people we are all middle class it's not like we're making a ton of money we're not like upper management ceo types um and we just we don't have anyone advocating for us in that way like the nasw does advocate for us they lobby a lot but they're not lobbying for salaries they're not lobbying for our workplace environments they're not they're not doing a lot of those things that unions essentially do yeah yeah it's like it's more for like the laws and more for i i i don't know i i almost feel like the nasws exist just so social workers can get more respect which is great i think we do deserve more respect than we get but i also think we deserve like better working conditions Mm -hmm. and better salaries as well which I don't necessarily feel like they're fighting for it. And it's also, it's, it's, a, um, it's an like optional thing to, to buy into. You don't have right. to, like, I'm not part of the NASW currently. Like I didn't pay dues or anything this year. So it's just, it's, it's an interesting thing to me that, that so many people have thought like, oh, that's, you know, that's fine. That's all we need. When, you know, nurses used to get paid nothing. <laughs> they unionized and everyone was like, oh, nurses deserve more money. And, mm-hmm. It brought the standard up for all. Yeah. Like it's essentially like they just want to, Someone to pretend like they're in charge, like mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's because it's like a situation where it's um, something they almost feel like we're above that. 
we've talked about this in kind of our own episodes on our own show, the Good Morning Comrade, and we've talked about this idea that, you know, if you're doing something because you're passionate about it or you love it, it's, you know, that's enough and that you don't need to advocate for these other things. And, you know, I mean, I do love my job and I do love what I do and I do, you know, understand that it's necessary for other people, but I also really want to get paid what I'm worth and I want to have a good work environment and I want to not have to you know, be in dangerous environments. Yeah. I think that's a, a common, like common, like feeling with people who work that like, they just kind of want to hold on to the good things that their job yeah. has. And like, if somebody else doesn't get it, they're like, well, I've got it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's very kind of selfish in a lot of ways. Like, you know, but it's like a, it's like a survival instinct in a lot of ways. It is. And it's, so it's this thing I've, um, I've had an issue with it all kind of all my jobs. This is not specific to any one of my workplaces since I've been a social worker. But it's this idea that your clinical supervisor is also the same as your administrative supervisor. So the same person who you're supposed to come to with clinical questions and with, you know, clinical support is also the person who has to get on top of you when you're not doing stuff for the company. And that's it. Yeah. It's not fair for them because, like, they're also social workers and they're also clinicians. And it puts them in a weird spot to have to, like, be a disciplinarian as well. But it puts us in a weird spot, too, because it's like. Okay, well, if I was just disciplined for something, am I really going to want to come to that person? And why would or, I trust this person yeah. with giving me support when they're in a position where they're supposed to be like evaluating what I'm what I'm doing around here? Yeah. They're they're a boss and they're <laughs> and yeah. and they're your like, like emotional and and sort of like material like work support. And and that's something that I noticed too um as a teacher. Now there's um sort of a same similar instance uh with with principals. And that essentially, if you're having a problem, so essentially, if you're having a problem uh, with like in the classroom and things like that, um, you're supposed to go to your principal for that, um, for support or whatever. Um, But at the same time, they're the ones that come in for at least a part of your uh, teacher evaluation and they observe you or, you know, in some places, it's not always the principal. Some places, it's more of a... um, like a dean or an assistant mm-hmm. principal, same same idea follows. You know, I mean, they're they're administratively uh, your superior, and also they are supposed to be your support. It's a little, it's, I mean, it's totally conflicted to the students. That's why you have like a principal and a vice principal. Like the principal doesn't do all the the, the disciplinary and stuff. Like we had Jack, remember? Oh, good old Mister Serenay. Yeah, meatball. Uh, but like, like there's there's all, like any organization is supposed to have two leaders like you have the structural leader and you have the emotional leader like the person who kind of like guides people like and like you come bring your stuff to mm-hmm. like it shouldn't be the person that like also disciplines you i want to rewind though to talk about um the sort of professional organization element of what you were just talking about um and sometimes um at their you know at their least best in my opinion uh, the the sort of function that um, labor unions will sort of fill is to sort of uphold certain professional standards as opposed to uh, working conditions, which is um, which is sort of a problem in the sense that it tries to exceptionalize in um, the concept specifically, not necessarily the um, the unions or whatever, but sort of the, the idea of it is that you can exceptionalize certain kinds of workers in certain kinds of ways. So one of the, um, things that drives me absolutely insane, uh, with the American Federation of Teachers, or at least one of the things is that as an, uh, as an organizational motto, 
they use a union of professionals. Oh. And that sort of that is terrible. approach, yeah, that sort of approach essentially, like it's not the fact that you're, you're not going to make an argument that, that teachers are not professionals or whatever, but that's supposed to be an organization that represents teachers, paraeducators, secretaries, custodial staff, etc. And some of the work that they do is around, um, sort of, especially at the national level. Um, so uh, to, to sort of rewind a little bit, there are two major um, teacher organizations <coughs> that are that are considered like the two big teachers unions, which is one is the uh, NEA, which is the National Association of Educators, and then the AFT, which is the American Federation of Teachers, and they sort of um, have an interplay between them uh, in terms of like which one is going to be pushing for harder things. Essentially, the big difference, one of the big differences is that um, AFT is a much more of a lo- union focused on locals. So um, um, my local at JFT uh, is one local, um, but there's also another one that's next door in, in St. Tammany and one that's in, um, in Orleans, Paris, United Teachers of New Orleans. And then, uh, so, so the, the sort of focus of the policy and the focus of the sort of energy and authority for, again, in sta- this is stated, you know, there, there are a lot of sort of nuances to this because, um, the American Federation of Teachers, sort of like as a national organization, is also extremely powerful. But one of the holes is sort of the the uh, state level. And NEA, uh, uh, local here is the Louisiana Association of American Educators, the LAE, is um, they they actually have – they're a very staff-driven union, and they focus a lot on state-level policy. So that's one of the things, too. Um, but But, again, one of the things that – it kind of doesn't sit particularly well with me is a is the focus on professional like the the upholding the profession or whatever as mm-hmm. opposed to the material conditions of the yeah. workers. You're worried about civility and all. Well, I don't want to talk about that. So I'm not saying that I don't think that the NASW, the National Association of Social Workers, that they don't they don't fill a really great role because they do. I mean, there's we have sure. a whole board of ethics and mm-hmm. there's like a lot of different. It's better standards you have to meet to keep your license, and it's better to have workers sort of like engaging in professional standards than yeah, oh, absolutely. somebody that's not working. And like that's one of the reasons why it's you know I went on a long rant previously. I'll be on Tuesday's show about my feelings about life coaches. Um, but one of the reasons that like we're the reason social workers and counselors and and you know anyone who has a license, um, it's so important is because there are these standards, and you know these standards are going to be met. And if they're not met, there's a way to address those issues and so i think that's really important however one of the things that i think a union could really kind of help with in that is to ensure that the individual workplaces are also upholding those ethical standards because right now let's say uh, and this is not any of my past jobs that my past jobs have all been super ethical uh i have not worried about that at all but i have heard stories from friends where they're asked to do things that are just straight up violations of our ethics codes or even violations of like law I've had friends who have been asked to um, try and defraud Medicaid. Oh, no. So say that there, they were places when they weren't places. Like, this is all stuff that has happened to social workers. And it's kind of the way it's all structured currently. We are, like, as the individual social worker, expected to uphold our own, remember our own license. So say no. Right. But that's really difficult to do when you're, you know, your administration or wherever you're working is telling you to do this thing. 
And so you, it's like you have to know your own ethics board inside and out, and you have to know, you know, how to. They, they expect you to kind of be able to navigate these really tricky situations. Whereas, as an individual, as, as an individual, yeah. Whereas it's like, okay, if I could just go to like my union, union right. boss or you know whatever, I could maybe have some support in that and not have to feel like, oh gosh, I have to like stick up. I have to to tell my boss, no, I'm not doing this. They mm-hmm. can risk my job because of this like shady business practice. Um, and so that's like a space that I think right now is not, I mean, technically I guess I could go to the board, but the, I mean, the, there's one board for the entire state. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of social workers under, yeah. you know, not many staff members. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it's just a weird, it's just a weird dynamic that I don't, yeah, it's, I wish there was like an in-between that would be available mm-hmm. to me and my colleagues. Now, now, uh, to kind of push forward on this conversation a little bit, um, specific, well, specifically with your your situation, um, do, is there any kind of organizing structure that um, your that your um, organization participates in? So, well, so, for example, do do you have sort of like a um, like a like do you do organizing? I guess is the main question here. Um, like my job, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, so specifically, I work for a multidisciplinary organization. So there are people who are more than likely in unions themselves, um, like medical professionals, um, other types of professionals, yeah. so people who have like union leadership. So it's like it's a weird. It's a so, weird so, mix. so wait, wait, wait. So, so the place that you work mm-hmm. has. No, the place I work does not have like an, a union for where we work, but uh-huh. there's so many different types of people who work there that some of them have different like belong to different organizations on their own. And some of them are unions. I, yeah. So like there's nurses. So mm-hmm. like, okay. So yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. The, um, and which uh, union are the nurses with? Do you oh, know? I have no idea. Okay. None. That, that would be an interesting and that's, thing. I mean, that's something I've been looking into. It's, you know, I've looked in other states, like a lot of social workers who work at hospitals, for instance, have mm-hmm. been kind of just folded into the healthcare workers union. Correct. Um, and then a lot of like school social workers in certain states will get folded into the, like the teachers unions. Yeah. Um, that's how it is in Jefferson Parish. Yeah. So it's, I mean, I've looked it up, but there there just hasn't been specifically like a social worker. And I, I understand it because there are so many different avenues that we work. Like someone who's in private practice seeing clients um, in that way is going to have very different, you know, needs and wants than somebody who is, you know, an organizer or someone mm-hmm. who is, um, you know, working with autistic kids in their house. You know, there's like a lot of different ways you can go. Um, but it is, it's just interesting to me that we're like such a go-getter type <laughs> group of people that are like, yeah, we're going to do all this stuff for all these other people. But like, none of us have really like been like, yeah, let's do something for ourselves. I guess that's just <laughs> that was exactly kind of the nature of the job. That is like essentially, <laughs> and, 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 uh, we mentioned this, uh, recently as well, how sort of like the passion becomes sort of the wages, mm-hmm. right? The fact that you're doing something that you think is important and that you love doing it or, or whatever. Um, that's supposed to be something that that you get rewarded for, that pays for itself. And that's something that's very easily exploitable well, in these sorts it of fields. Because it's like a lot of it is grant funded and a lot mm-hmm. of them are nonprofits. So it's like this idea that there, there just isn't money, right? So it's like, yeah, I would like my, my job actually is really fair with salaries. Like they pay like some of the best I've noticed, um, in this city. Um, so that's not really something that I have like any like beef with Complaints, them about, yeah. but it, it's just more the idea that there is not more money available. 
Right. Um, and, this is how we like, prioritize our society. Yeah, that, but it's like, okay, well, like, what is... would specifically, like, mm-hmm. like, what are you going to even be able to help do, like, lobby? And uh, that's something that NASW Absolutely is supposed would. to be doing, mm-hmm. too, like, lobbying the federal government for, like, against Medicaid cuts, for instance, mm-hmm. or, you know, for more funding for mental health, more funding for, like, um, SAMHSA, which is the substance abuse, mental health, something, something. I can't remember. Administration. But anyway, something, yeah, something like that. Basically, um, it's getting super gutted under the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. And um, that's like where a lot of like funding for jobs like mine come from is that specific fund. Um, so scary, they're doing a lot. It? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, when they're every time they talk about trying to cut Medicaid in Louisiana, I'm like, well, hopefully I'll have a job because I'm, I'm like all my all my clients are Medicaid funded. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. yeah, it's just it would be nice to have like some some spe- like an organized spot to just address these concerns instead mm-hmm. of over the radio and to yeah. yeah. So, um, the other. so I guess my next sort of question to you and then do you mind if I just kind of keep following up? Sure. Um, do you have anybody in your workplace before I do that? Let's uh, pause for a quick station identification. You're listening to WHIV LP New Orleans, one point three. Today's show is NOLA matters. Um, NOLA matters. Healthcare is a human right. Uh, Mark Allendary is not in today, um, but rest assured, he is texting me and keeping me posted on what's happening. So uh, anyway, um, uh, so to follow up what we were just talking about in terms of you wish there was sort of an organizing presence in your workspace, are there other people in your work in your workplace and essentially that feel the same way as you? So every workplace I've ever been in, there's been, we talk about this kind of stuff, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know that there's ever been kind of a name for it or like any, even just even like idea that it could be any different. So Mm -hmm. like we all have very similar complaints often, but it's never like, you know what? We should do something. It's just more, ah, that's just what life is. That is just Mm -hmm. being a social worker. That's just, and again, I think a lot of the people who come to this job is like, are people who are like generally self-sacrificing generally pretty pretty selfless so that's it's not surprising to me that we're we haven't thought that but it's also surprising how many social workers are not particularly educated on like leftist policy like i've only been educated i'm like super interested in this kind of stuff and i'm Mm -hmm. really only getting more educated on it like in the past year or so so you know the idea and unions are like the idea of a union is not something that's necessarily taught like i mean i no. learned about i learned about it like in upton sinclair and then mm-hmm. never since so labor history to to take your most recent point first is that labor history in the u.s has been very sort of repressed and and sort of pushed aside i mean the um the sort of even the idea or the history of unions has been either completely erased or it's been contextualized for well, this was needed at that time because of these particular circumstances, as opposed to you, like labor always organizing for power and being ever present, which is the case for almost all of history. I mean, you hear a lot about Jimmy Hoffa, but <laughs> well, it's only in the negative, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I mean, we've talked about it before. Like the only other time you really like, hear positive things about a, a union is like the police union, and it's yeah. like, uh, yeah. it's like, oh, that's not really the one I would hold up. But, yeah, I mean, you, know. you read about, like, uh, they teach you about the Industrial Resolution and all that stuff, and it's like, wow, the market sure evened itself out. Like, people are getting paid real good now. <laughs> Invisible hands. I know, that, it really, that is yeah. the conversation around it. It's like, well, thank God. And, like, I was like, I have 
three jobs every so often. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and a professional degree. I'm not like, like uh, I'm not like, you know, not trying to better myself or however you're supposed to say. Like, I've been to two different universities for college. I'm like, I should be getting paid more than. Yeah. But but did you pull yourself up by your bootstraps? I pulled myself down well, I wear, from my bootstraps. I'm like I wear sneakers, man. I don't have any bootstraps. I could be I could be doing That's your problem. PR somewhere yeah. making a lot more money than I'm making right now. <laughs> wow. Uh so I guess to to the other point, to the point of sort of uh like organizing in a workplace for that specific thing, I guess a way to um, sort of approach, I suppose, could be just getting like like meeting with your fellow workers uh, and sort of like getting what their their issues are individually, and that's a starting place to uh, agitate. And you mentioned a little bit about how like most social workers or whatever aren't in like aren't aren't um, or most people who've worked with at least. Uh, aren't really up on sort of like what like left policy or whatever is. And I think it's important to not put it in like these sort of left-right terms because yeah. that, that sort of turns people off immediately and sort of just put it in terms of advocating for your own interests yeah. and advocating for the interests of your patient. That's, what, that's one of the things that um, I find is important with, with teacher organizing. Not that our like interests are not important, but the kind of people that were that, that that are in the education field, or who are in the social work field, or in, in these in these sort of extremely important, um, I mean, their, their care work fields, essentially, mm-hmm. um, you have to put it in, in in terms that are a tangible to them, and b that's tan- um, that are terms that they will be responsive to, and something that would be essentially empower them. Yeah. So, so essentially look at small step conclusions. And that might not even necessarily be a union at the workplace, not at least yet, but there are ways that, that workers in a workplace can display worker power mm-hmm. that are not officially forming a union and they can sort of be structured tests to build up to that kind of capacity. Yeah, and I'll, I should also preface this with saying that I actually really, really like my workplace. Yeah, no, In no, case no. anyone is listening, I like them. They do treat me pretty well. It's a lot just more issues I have with like the profession in general and you know like I said I haven't had any asked I've never been asked to do any shady business practices but I know plenty of people who have and you just don't want to ever be in that position where like you don't have anywhere to to turn to not just and and it is better for patients honestly I mean I was not as good at any of my jobs when I had three I was tired I was cranky right clients would be coming to me with a problem I'd be like are we can we not do this yeah. right now? Um, can you just just get over it? I didn't actually. Oh my gosh, I didn't actually can your do that. Can just wait till Friday? Can you just can you just suck it up? Look, yeah. thank you. Go home and drink heavily, yeah. and then uh, come back the I next do. day. Yeah, get in your car, drive around, <laughs> think about it. Yeah, no, I obviously I, I did. I was still nice to my clients, but I didn't have anything left for myself, yeah. and so it was getting to the point where if I continued, I I don't have three jobs right now, I only have two. Um, right, hurry for me! Hurry for me! Um, Two jobs. Yeah. Only two Two, jobs. Two job club over here. Um, Only like 70 hours a week now. Yeah. Well, you know, you got to make that. (laughs) (laughs) This podcasting doesn't pay the bills, y'all. I don't know if you were surprised to hear. Actually costs us money. (laughs) No. Well, not that much. Anyway. So uh, check. uh, Anyway. Yeah. 
Are we? Do we have? A, is there a podcasters union? Are we? No. Uh, should we, should content we think creators, about it? Content can, Creators United. I cannot maybe. imagine a more unbearable we group can, of We can add. Uh, I mean, we do work at a community radio station, so um, that's one of the. That's kind of something that's already very union-like. I mean, I don't um, want anybody to put us in the same boat as Joe Rogan. Well, what about um, we can we can band together with the YouTubers? It's like it could be they, it could be Good Morning Comrades and Logan Paul. Um, <laughs> he can be. He can be our why, are we only, why are we only thinking of the worst people? <laughs> um, are there any good YouTubers? I don't know. ContraPoints is a good YouTuber. ContraPoints is a good YouTuber. Lindsay Ellis is good. ContraPoints can be our president. But Lindsay Ellis talked about Game of Thrones for like two hours. Standing a queen. Um, I do also watch all of those like those drama videos. Of, they're all about YouTubers I like, or who are at oh. least twenty years younger than me, and who I do not. I don't know, know anything about. about all that. It's like oh, it's like trying to make me read like Aramaic or something. Y'all, it's so good. If you have not looked it up, look up. Look up just tea videos uh, on YouTube. I, it doesn't matter if you know any of the people they're talking about. They are so entertaining. As as an aside, just doing you all a favor. Self care. <laughs> <laughs> when somebody's pouring their problems out, you're just like watching these videos. Oh, like, I listen. Oh, I'm like typing my notes it. at work, and yeah. I'm just listening about like two beauty YouTubers who I've literally never heard of. Yeah. Who are fighting about something that I don't understand, and I, I cannot get enough it's of it. It's almost like a boxing match where it's like I don't know these guys; they're new, but they're gonna they're gonna try to lay into each other all. I'm night. like, oh man, one <laughs> of them stole the other ones. <laughs> yeah. One of them stole the other one's design for their makeup palette, and it's Whoa. like very. And then another one dragged the other one on on Insta Story. It's very intense. This is why we can't unite the YouTube yeah. <laughs> because yeah. they're so messy. This it, yeah. I mean, they need a union because maybe I'll, maybe they could have mediation instead yeah. of having to do tea videos, y'all. Yeah, I mean, I, I reckon. I don't know. The tea videos are pretty good. I don't know. I don't, so, I'll they're watch so them. good. I, I'm a grown person, and uh, I'm like literally watching teenagers. Oh, okay, like, fight. so so let me let me just spit a super hot take right now. Oh god. Ooh. Grown adults, actually, actually, probably not that hot. Grown adults are so much more like dramatic and messy and nasty than children. Oh, a hundred percent. Grown adults are. Like, so this is not an. This guy, so it's not a hot take. Okay, fine. I'm like thirty, and I feel like I'm not an adult. I mean, that's I, true too. Like, politics. when do you become an adult? Yeah. Is a really important like, question. When, when's somebody gonna give me my badge? Like to be an adult. Uh, when you can drive, I guess. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, like your neighbors could beat you. <laughs> like, like I remember, I remember one time. <laughs> That's that never second. happened to me. That never happened to me. Are you kidding? That is a real thing, though. <laughs> yeah, I got beat by my uh, this guy Trey's mom because I was being a jerk. <laughs> Some would say that that's been the decline of society yeah. that we can't just beat random children. Yeah. I was like, what are you going to? I would not say that. Don't beat your kids. No, it's not true. But it was just like a thing back in the day. I was like, what are you going to do? And she's like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like this is terrible. <laughs> I think like, this is nowhere safe for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I never knew that happened. Yeah. She, Oh, no, it is hard. It's being hard. Acorn was wild, here. man. <laughs> well, they say life is hard in Saint Bernard. Yeah, it is. It's hard <laughs> in Saint Bernard. I I feel like I'm I'm a transplant, and yeah. even now I'm like every single weird crisis call we get is like from Saint Bernard. Whoa! I'm like, I'm like what? I'm like what is happening? Can you imagine what it was here? like going to school there? I I really truly can't. <laughs> it's rough. I'm from um, I'm from the Upper Main Line in yeah. Pennsylvania, which is like the worst place. I remember one time that this, sounds bad. It's bad. I remember one time this guy was standing on a tree branch, and this other guy threw a big old stick at him, and he fell out. Wait, why what? was he standing in a tree? And I have so many questions. So remember. many questions. I don't remember. He just he just javelin this guy out of a tree. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, y'all, and this is so this specific comment. I'm like, how am I supposed to be in charge of anything? Yeah. 
when I'm like, I can't even be in charge of my own life. Yeah. I'm like, like my phone is currently not on, so I can only like text people at Wi-Fi spots. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a millennial mood. Yeah. That is sweet. Tell us more. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Oh, I found out I found out how to fix my phone with a bread cleaner, like a a bread twisty the other day. Because apparently, like, I work at a pizza restaurant, and like, if you put your phone in your pocket with the thing facing with the with the power part facing up, it gets filled with flour, and you, your phone charger cannot go in all the way. <laughs> so I had to learn how to like take a bread twisty. You learn something new every day. I had to turn like a take a bread twisty and take all the plastic stuff off and like scrape out the flour from my phone. That's amazing. Yeah, so that was and you can't use anything wet. It's like maybe alcohol no, because you can, you'll make dough in your in oh your my charger. God. That is insane. I almost did that. I almost took like a. Uh, I almost took like a wet Q-tip or something. Yeah, no, but, that would have been a disaster. Yeah, it wouldn't fit. Luckily. <laughs> like oh my, my gosh! My dumb brain like didn't fold in on its own. No, that is a smart brain that yeah. you thought you're like I'm gonna get this dough. I, yeah, at least you wet, if you would have wet it, it would have been a different thing entirely. I mean, this was the thing I was gonna do before throwing it off a bridge. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like this was the I last don't think one. that would have fixed it. No, but it would have made me feel better. <laughs> I mean, I, I, not to like make it serious, but I mean, think about listen to all of us like talk. We have yeah. such great ideas, but we have to like work a million hours just to like make ends meet. But yeah. like your brain obviously is good at solving problems. Yeah. So you could have you could have <laughs> you could have fixed some. You could we might not have global so warming anymore. So you're saying if I should, you didn't have to work. So you're saying I should become a life coach. What I'm saying is. Um, <laughs> What I'm saying is, hashtag Yang Gang, universal basic income. No, 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 no. All I'm saying is, I don't know how to get a, I don't know how to get a qualification in just solving random problems. Life coaching might be my only option. Just write a book on random problems that you've had that you've solved, and then you could just sort of get started and become the problem solving guy. Yeah, (laughs) I just become like a life detective. I'll yeah. take yeah. You'll just be like the 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 Harvey Birdman of oh, of, yeah, of problem people problems. <laughs> I'll take the case. Yeah. That hey. is the thing, though. I mean, like, I feel like we all kind of want to look to somebody for. How do you become helping. like? How do you become like a society like person like that solves problems? I mean, what do you mean? Worker. Like. Oh yeah, I, I or you become a billionaire and just do like Elon Musk, and anytime there's a problem, you just start posting about it. Like, oh, there's kids trapped in a uh, yeah. in a cave. I'll How build about a submarine? Yeah, I'll build a submarine. <laughs> for just, it. Have you have you thought about just becoming a billionaire? Is that like never something you thought about? This is this is good problem solving you're doing right now. Yeah, I never thought of, never considered it. I'm thinking about becoming an heiress. Yeah, I never um, considered being born rich. Yeah, or marrying rich. Yeah. They never even asked me in the womb. Well, yeah, you got to be a go-getter. Yeah. They don't just hand out billions. Yeah, you got to you gotta go get them. Well, you don't even have boots by then. How are you, you going to pull yourself by them straps? <laughs> pull yourself up by your booty straps. Uh, yes. Your little oh, booties. Yeah. No straps on them. <laughs> I mean, I wonder, but I do wonder sometimes because I'm like, I'm 32 and my mom had me when I, she was 30. Yeah. And it's like, what would I do with a two-year-old right now? Hope that, hope that you could keep well. it alive. Hope, just pray I that mean, you could would, keep it alive. It would be alive. It'd be I fine. Mean, but like, teach him how to curse. I mean, <laughs> you I have just, to bring him to one of your jobs, maybe. Yeah. I just spent the whole day having to like sweep my house because my pet rabbit chewed through the cord to my vacuum. Rabbit. So like, Whoa. rabbits are notorious. So yeah. I just, I'm like, don't really. 
I'm not confident in my ability to keep a small child safe in my environment. Mm, but uh, it's just, it's an, it's like a, do you think you don't want the this rabbit hard? to chew through the baby? Oh my God. Rabbit. Also, <laughs> oh, no. another PSA. Do not get pet rabbits. They are, you think that you're going to be cool and quirky yeah. and like fun. And it turns out you're just going to not have any cords left yeah. in your house. Well, so, <laughs> PSA. Early 20s Erin was like really on my um, Manic Pixie Dream Girl yeah. tip. So, you're trying um, to be like the love interest. I was like, I'm not going to get cats because like everybody has cats. I'm yeah. going to have rabbits because I'm interesting. Should have got like a fox. And then I came home from work. <laughs> Honestly, honestly, they live forever, y'all. Oh, no. And I walked in. I used to live in a studio apartment, and my bunny literally jumped his cage because I was like, I had a puppy pen because I was like, I don't want to keep him confined. He jumped over the cage and chewed through every single one of my lamps. Did I ever tell you about our terror rabbit we had? No. We Wait, what? T- you guys had rabbits too? We had a terror rabbit, and we had to like coordinate off into the side yard because it like would just get out of his cage and stuff. So like we gave it this little side yard, and it just like dug under the house and like like dug under the foundation of the house and like this guy this guy Callan like picked it up and just scratched him from his shoulder to his wrist. Yeah, that's that's like that's big bunny energy. Yeah. Y'all. Like this thing don't had get one. Evil red eyes. Yes, so is mine. Because oh. I got the red eyed one because I was like ever they told me it was a sob story. They were like, no one adopts the red eyed ones. I was like, oh guess I'll get it. So Oh, no, look out. Robert's walking in the door. Hey, Robert. He's got a steel chair. We're talking about Bunster. What's, Ro- What's Robert save- doing in the impact zone? Oh, I had to save tomorrow's show because I had deleted it because I put a pirated wrestling show on oh, the, same, <laughs> the same hard drive that uh, and I it mean, deleted the whole hard drive, I think, as a virus. I understand. So luckily we saved the show here in the studio. So Did we? We will have a show tomorrow. Right. Oh well, you can tune into this. Yeah. You can turn in. You tune into this resurrected show, Phoenix raised from the ashes. Millennial moods all day. <laughs> Tomorrow at eight at WHIVF. The uh, show has risen FM. like Lazarus. Speaking of, you can uh, you are listening to WHIVLP New Orleans one hundred two point three. You can listen to us online at whivfm.org. Um, the show is Nola Matters. Uh, healthcare is a human right. Check us. Um, so yeah. So Mark Allendary is out today. Uh, he, uh, yeah, apparently we had to save the stream uh, in the middle of the show. Jimmy came in on a, a chandelier, pressed the button, and then it was fixed. So uh, thanks to him, you can you can listen to us right now on whivfm. dot org slash listen. Actual hero Jimmy yeah. Palacio. Actual life detective. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he can fix everybody's problems. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe. I've I mean, never asked him, so uh, you know I've never asked Jimmy. So this is maybe, great. <laughs> maybe he can. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah. I feel like so last. we were talking a little bit about um, you know organizing and stuff at work and and things like that. You have anything you want to add to it, Robert? Uh, any opportunities? Any? <laughs> Robert actually works in healthcare. Yeah, not to he say, does. Like where you don't have to but. say where. Is this, a, is this a serious thing that we're talking about right now? Like because when I say serious thing, did you guys have it? Because I, I nice I haircut to, by I, the way. Thank you. I had to work on Labor Day and I have many moods, but not any of them pertaining to New Orleans or anything serious. About oh, okay. I work today. Um, well, I had to go and don't don't ask me, but it's it's I had to go see Under Duress the. Uh, Lion King remake? Oh, no. You had I, to? Yeah, I had to. Did I did. I just. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, it's. A, I'm. I'm not joking. So, um, I saw the line. It's. It's the most cynical piece of garbage. 
Oh. It's it's so bad. It's like I refuse and it's John Favreau who directed that movie. Is that the Pod Save America guy? Or no? Yes, but it's not. They have the same name. No, oh, no, okay, great. So, John the, the John Favreau from Swingers. Oh, okay. Well, I know this is super late, but I refuse to believe that movie was directed by a human being. Get, I wonder even who, who gets a Swingers reference in 2019. They played uh, NHL 94 in that game. I mean, in that, in that movie. Yeah, Ron, are all yeah. the kids on the ripsticks getting that joke? <laughs> are they seeing Swingers? But, uh, all, that, all, the, all that Disney remake movie is, that Lion, and I, that Lion King movie, it's a cut and paste, shot for shot remake, except they take out everything that's good and don't patch any of the holes. Like uh, in the movie, like the the main the main thing that should have been I, I, I if you're gonna make a remake you have to this is so nerdy but okay so the hyenas in that the one Lion King is and I if anybody's listened to the Tuesday and Thursday shows you know about my Disney addiction but I'm not I'm not one to to not talk truth to power um, the Lion King and I don't mean what they ripped off which was Simba the, uh, Kimba the White Lion. From um, it was an old anime. It's yeah. a complete ripoff. But the Disney's what? Lion King, yeah, that's a whole. We can get into that on like a, another show. But the Disney Lion King movie, um, it's the most racist movie of all time because all the characters are. Think about it. Every character in that movie, except for Mufasa, is voiced by a white person. So all they're all lions in Africa and stuff. And then and then oh Rafiki's been whatever the guy from. Um, not Mr. Belvedere. Oh, Robert, uh, Robert Goumet, yeah. right? Yeah, thank you. Um, but the rest of the thing about it, all the other people of color who voiced characters in that movie were all like the hyenas. And yeah, the idea like Woody, was Woody Goldberg. when they, they lived on the outskirts of society and when they came into power, it was like they the, ruined everything. They ruined everything. <laughs> and the thing that never gets answered is so you've got this lion. You've got this lion who allies himself, the, the main villain, the antagonist, allies himself with these, hy- with these hyenas, but there's never talked about like how that happens, mm-hmm. why, that, why the, the hyenas accept him, and then two, if Mufasa was such a benevolent ruler and he's going to sit here on like everything the light touches and the circle of life and all that, why did he let the hyenas live in such a sorry state? So in, in, a, in a very real way, Mufasa got what he deserved. Ah, so I, so here's what we need to do. We need to we need to create the version of uh, the version of the Lion King from the hyenas and Scar's perspective. Well, that's the thing. The even at the hurt. end, even at the end of the movie where he's fighting like Simba's fighting Scar, he even says like you like you fooled the hyenas. So even Simba understood that the hyenas were part of like the whole circle of life, and like it wasn't their fault. They weren't purely villains. They were they were victims of like they were victims of his father. Who let them live in sorry conditions, and he's supposed to be this benevolent ruler. But anyway, we're y'all talking about serious stuff. I'm just mad because I had to sit through that at work. Enemy of the pod, Donald Glover. It's really bad. It was it was so bad. Whoa, wait, wait, Donald Beyonce's, Glover's our enemy? Yeah. Why? I don't know. No, because no, he's, he's like, a hyena. He's Simba in that movie. Oh, oh, he is. He's Simba. All right. That. Beyonce's real bad in that movie. Uh, okay. She right. is. Whoa. She's like. She's like. All right. She's never. No, Scar. Anything. You are not our. It is King. not her fault that she was not given anything to work no, with. No, that's true. That's 100% true. <laughs> okay. That's I haven't very even true. I've seen it, and I know that's true. That's, that, no, you're very I mean, true. She's, she's never been it's like a lot of wasted actually. talent. Like, um, Billy Eichner's wasted talent. Gold member? She's no, there in that. It's not good enough. But Billy Dream I, girl? That's just not good enough. I didn't see that. Oh, my God. Y'all. But Billy Eichner's wasted. Uh, John Oliver's kind of wasted. 
Uh, it's just a lot. It's just it. It just felt like a movie that was made by an AI program. Like well, it's yeah. like, what was the point of Did even you see this? The next, like remake they're doing. They're doing Lady in the Tramp. And it's yeah. straight up Why? Dogs. Why? <laughs> like, it's it's so dogs. cynical. It's like everything that like. Those things are everything that everybody says bad about Disney. Yeah. Like, like, oh, Disney's this, Disney's that. And I'm like, come on, y'all. They make entertainment for children. And then you watch stuff like that, and you're like, oh, y'all really did stop caring. Yeah, That's right. Nice. Yeah, you really did stop caring. Well, at least, like, Princess and the Frog was the last animated feature that they're going to ever do because animation's so expensive. And at least it was good. Yeah, but, so. yeah, but people like it. <laughs> yeah, I know. So they might go back. and if people, But people aren't going to not. It? I don't know. Was Moana like? Uh, Moana CGI? was so good. Yeah, Moana's a lot of CGI. Oh, I didn't know. But I it was it. yeah, it was po- it was Moana. pre yeah, Moana's good. But it Moana's pre Princess and the Frog, uh, I think. No, it's post. Oh, it's post? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Never mind then. Maybe it wasn't the last one. Yeah, maybe it'll keep Princess and the Frog like, was the last one. Yeah, like the I don't think this is gonna none. like give up on the princess game. Well anyway, I gotta go make a payment on that uh Disney honeymoon, so uh, uh, <laughs> Great. Hey, they really got you. You're gonna be you're gonna go right up to the, the castle and tell them all this stuff in person. Oh yeah, they're gonna love it. That guy that's making uh fifteen dollars an hour, yeah. he's gonna love it. He's yeah. gonna love hearing about that in the hot like, Where's the manager around? Who runs Yeah, this? who who run give me Bob Iger right yeah. now. It's my honeymoon. I wanna speak to the manager. That's not gonna be me. I'm not bringing Karen energy yeah. on my honeymoon. <laughs> this is not acceptable. Unacceptable. <laughs> so Man. bad. Is Disneyland like fun? I've never been to Disneyland. I always heard it was Disney trashy. World, I mean. Yeah, I mean, if you're not there for thrill rides, I think I went when I was like, <laughs> you have to be into Disney to enjoy it. Um, you can't just show kind up. Of a lot, to yeah. be honest, the planning has been a lot. Yeah, like a lot. A That's lot. very true. A lot, a lot. I was like, at one point, I was like, let's just go to Belize. But yeah, we're Too doing late. it. We're you've, already, you've already committed. The, ch- the chips are in the middle of the oh, table. Lord Almighty, you have to. We've already had to make our dining reservations, and we're not going for six, six months. months. Which I can't, I, I can't even figure out what I want for dinner like tonight. Yeah, like yeah. I'm like already gearing I'm, up for I'm, it to be a thing. I'm hungry and I don't know what I want to eat. <laughs> I'm like, I think I'm just gonna not eat dinner so I don't have to make the decision. And so the idea of having to know where I'm going to be, where I'm going to be in six months is terrifying to yeah. me. No, Literally terrifying. Fun. No, but it's not because I grew up in Florida. So my mom just bought like she would just be like, oh, we got Florida. Oh, they're doing their Florida resident deal. Let's just go to Disney the today. And you could just do that. But you cannot just show up at the park. You're going to have a bad time. Like you have to plan it out like you're planning, like literally like you're planning a world tour. Because if you don't have an itinerary, even a you just you have to have an loose one. You're gonna have a bad time. You need to know where you're eating dinner that night. Oh my god, that's the worst for me. Yeah, yeah. So so so, so that 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 loose thing is fine with me. But like when making like hard plans, making hard plans, right. like especially hard specific plans, is not something for me. Like I don't know. I like to have that flexibility to kind of move yeah. stuff around a lot of times. I know we don't have a ton of time left, but I can actually make this relevant. Um, as of uh, today or yesterday, because of the Hurricane Dorian, is that the name of the hurricane? That's, yeah, it's Hurricane Dorian. So it's really bad, and it's sitting over the Bahamas. Um, a lot of people were getting on Disney because they've got that private island at yeah, Casta- yeah. Castaway Key, and I, we, Aaron and I, have been there, and it's great. But they have fifty or sixty employees that stay there uh, all year round, and people mm-hmm. are like, "What are y'all doing? Why are y'all not evacuating these people?" And Disney had to like go through like, "Look, there's really no way to get people off with this hurricane on top of you. We're over designed. 
to withstand Category 5 hurricanes. They're going to be all right. The people who live there were like social mediaing out like, look, look at where we are. We're fine, blah, blah, blah. But I just thought that was really cool that like people all over the world were like worried about those 50 or 60 people Mm -hmm. who are workers. Like what is going on on that that place? I thought that was neat. Yeah, and – it's good in the sense is like as long as you're like listening to the workers and saying like okay cool you know they say they're fine not being like pressured or under yeah. duress to do so sure and if they're saying they're fine then then you know you trust them you have to so that's cool yeah well I don't just I don't know we we talked so much about like trying to organize the workplace and I'm like having oh trouble organize with, Disney workers organize, for sure well no I'm just yeah. having trouble organizing my <coughs> dining plans and so mm-hmm. I don't know Lord Almighty someone else want to organize for me. The uh, workplace and Disney. Gonna, I don't know. Uh, Nobody's going to do it for you. Uh, no, someone, someone no, fix no, it. No. Is there like a life coach for unions? Uh, well, organizers. Yeah, I, I mean, essentially <laughs> like, so um, one of the things, that, and this could be sort of like what we talk about as we sign off, um, like you don't have to do it like all alone. You can definitely like look out for places for support. One of the things that the uh, DSA New Orleans Labor Standing Committee does as we uh, help folks organize in their workplaces, we're currently working on three projects right now. Uh, one is with grad student workers, one's with a hotel in the city, and one's uh, actually a small, small printing shop. Um, and we uh, definitely do want to provide some of the support that's not always available to people who don't have something already established or don't have commitments. And, and uh, you know, showing that solidarity to uh, workers across the, uh, to across the, you know entire working class so if you are interested in uh in sort of getting some support or organizing a workplace or even just asking questions just give uh, a shout out to the email labor at dsa and and we'll see what we can do to help you out so uh anyway just to bring us out of here uh thanks for joining us uh everybody uh scott aaron and robert uh, you can listen to uh, Good Morning Comrade at 8 o'clock on Tuesday mornings. Uh, we, I just got great news that we actually have a show for tomorrow that was not destroyed because of Japanese wrestling or something. <laughs> um, you can also check us out on whivfm.org slash listen, uh, 102.3 in New Orleans. Uh, this show is NOLA Matters, Healthcare is a Human Right. Um, Mark Allendary, as I said earlier, is out. Um, you can also check out our website. I invite you to enjoy, uh, check out our website, goodmorningcomrade.com, where you can see all of our stuff uh, going forward. We have some very exciting things uh, coming out. So uh, thanks. See you later. Goodbye. Love you. I understand that there are families that in some cases are concerned about the effect of vaccinations. The science is you know, pretty indisputable. This is 102.3 WHIV-FM in New Orleans. 
We are Radio NOLA HIV with programming dedicated to human rights and social justice. WHIVFM.org. We honor independent voices and all 